In today's episode, we're going to talk about possibly the most useful skill in dog training. In my opinion, it is the skill that I use. I would agree. Almost every, well, I for sure use it every single day. And I would say like multiple times per day. But um, this is, someone asked me a question on the channel in one of the comments saying like, what are like, what are the useful skills that you guys like to use? Mm -hmm. And I thought that's a great question. Let's start talking about some of the stuff that we find really, really helpful. The things that we really use on a like really often and we wanted to talk to you guys here in the train station about those maybe we'll make a couple pre-recorded videos about it i'm not totally sure yet but we have a lot going on today there's a lots uh, of exciting additions to the train station now if you're a train station regular you know that i try to break the stream basically every single week bringing you <laughs> more interesting stuff and it's really fun for me to like change things up and make it make it uh, more challenging. But we have a couple of interesting things that are going to happen in today's episode. At the end of the day, at the end of our show today, we're going to do our call-in show. Now, I put a, a request out for you this guys to send, us, to send us messages. Yeah, on our on Anchor, our podcast plat platform. I sent that out in the community link here uh, on YouTube. I'd also ask some of our Facebook followers to uh, check it out. So we're going to answer one of those questions from uh, one of the voice questions that we have today. There's also, we have another pop-up store to send so that you can be part of the uh, of the uh, McCandogs team. Basically, we have our team T, something that we just created not that long ago. I'm excited to share it with mm -hmm. you guys. But awesome. in now that the pre-show is over, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about possibly the most useful skill that your dog can possibly have. We're going to talk to you about the weight command. I'm Ken Steep. I'm Cal McCann. Welcome back to McCann Dogs. Now, Kale is a little horse. I am a little horse. Just a little bit. <laughs> I sound very different than yeah. normal. <laughs> it's very, very horsey. Horsey-like. What's up? What's up with that? What? What's up with your voice? Oh, I was like, what do you mean, what's up? <laughs> um, I've just been teaching a lot lately, and my voice, I guess, needs a bit of a break. So I just made myself tea with honey. That's so helpful. I'll be yeah. good for the next I, hour, no maybe problem. Maybe you don't drink enough water. I know people always say, like, when uh, your voice gets, like, horsey, you don't drink enough water. I think it's more so that I talk too much. Well, you know what? She said it, guys. Not me. You know what? I, I totally just totally set that up that. and let you knock it out of the park, which was not cool. If you want to support the train station day, today, we have our uh, another pop-up shop. We did it a couple weeks ago, and you know what was the most popular item on that in the pop-up shop? Tell me. It was the Fur Family for the Win training bag. And really? remember, you thought that wasn't people weren't really going to dig that one. Yeah, I, I do. love to say I told you so, mm -hmm. Kim. Well, I told you so. But you can grab you're that. If all you, about winning today. If you I know. If you check out the link uh, in the description below, you can grab your own uh, McCann Dogs Team T. Now, the other uh, exciting thing, if you have a question and you want to ask it, you can call us literally on Anchor, our app. That link is in the description below as well. And we may answer your question here on the train station. But even if uh, you're watching this in the replay, that's a great uh, opportunity to check out what, uh, you know, uh, Send in your question, because sometimes it's hard to type out all the specifics, but in, very quickly you can send us a voice message. So If you're watching us on Facebook as well, make sure that yeah, you um, go over to YouTube and uh, watch from the YouTube link so that when you type in your questions, we can see them live, and then we're going to do our very best to get through as many questions as we possibly can. For sure. You can't see the ones on Facebook, though, so if you want to yeah. ask any questions, jump off Facebook and jump on YouTube. Definitely. Head on over to YouTube. Uh, we, you guys know... Those of you train station passengers that have been here before, you guys know that we always love to go to our live cam. We go to Dan, the moderator man. You'll see him in the chat. If you're over here on YouTube, uh, you will see Dan. And Dan, we love to go to our live cam with Dan. And let's see what Dan is up to today. It's always interesting when we go to Dan here. Oh, there he is. Hey, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> 
Oh, there's his daughter. Oh, I love Beeline. Oh, that's adorable. Well, I, I guess we know which dog, who the demo dog is for today. That is the cutest thing. If you guys, uh, this is your first time here with us on the train station. My name is Ken Steep. This is Kale McCann. We're professional dog trainers at McCann Dogs, where every single week we help more than 500 dog owners to overcome the same dog training challenges that you have. So uh, this is the place. We do these live streams for you guys. So if you have a question every Thursday about dog training, for sure, every Thursday. So if you have a question about dog training... Now's the time to ask it. You can ask us in the chat. Now we try to get to all of them, as many as we can. If somebody drops a super chat, we'll spend, uh, obviously that one will be sort of focused on a little bit. But um, we uh, love the opportunity to answer some of your questions. Um, so with no further ado, adieu, adieu? Adieu. No adieu. further adieu. Let's talk about um, why we think the weight might be possibly the most, the Hi, most useful skill. I think you forgot something. What's it? Oh, you're right. <laughs> You know what? Thank God I'm here. Thank goodness. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I'd do without you. Um, you got, I nearly missed my favorite part of the show. And I I've seen a couple shocked. people are way ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Way ahead of me. <laughs> it's time for the roll call. Where are you joining the train station from? I want to know where you guys are watching. And I love to see. It's so cool to see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love to see where you guys are. And we get um, some amazing uh, uh, students from all over the world. And, you know, we get messages sometimes on different platforms and uh, people like literally all over the world. There's that been times so awesome. when I've had to like look up a country and I, I that's a little embarrassing but i've had to like figure out yeah, where, we've been where this country improving was improving in our geography yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so let us know where you guys are joining in from i see uh there's lots of people jumping in the chat already it's i also see my here. good friend marine michelle who uh thinks she's hilarious yeah. and she's saying stop yelling at all your students <laughs> i think she's thinking that's why i've lost my voice oh maybe yeah now, maureen actually has um beeline's brother oh very cool and she lives in quebec oh Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Hi, Marie. <laughs> I see you guys jumping in here in the chat. Look at this roll call. It, it's oh, so cool to see where everybody's going. coming from. I see Alice from SoCal, Tucson, Arizona, Lu uh, Lucy the Talking Dog, Michigan, North Carolina, Jacksonville, North Carolina, uh, Houston, Texas. It's Melissa Coolin joining us again. She's a, a train station regular. Welcome back, Thanks. Melissa. She is joining us from Hubbard's, Nova Scotia. I cool. see uh, Jimmy from Riverside, California, Pennsylvania, uh, New Mexico. Hang on one sec. What's this? Okay. Um, Vermont, Georgia. <laughs> uh, Dan the man just dropped it. I thought it was a message chest. I wasn't sure. California, <laughs> London, England. Now, Imani, I, I thanks for staying up late with us because I know you guys are about five hours ahead, I think. Um, so I yeah, appreciate you hanging out with us here in the train station. Brisbane, Australia. Um, Knoxville. Uh, yeah, Knoxville, Illinois. Texas. Texas. Very cool. And Siobhan, Siobhan is joining us from Atlanta. Got a new puppy on Saturday. Well, congratulations. It's a really exciting process. And this is the right place to be. We have lots of puppy training uh, uh, information, lots and lots of videos for you guys. Come so uh, awesome. uh, now let's talk about why the weight may be the most useful skill in your puppy training repertoire. Yeah. I wonder if we should um, just touch on the fact that we have the two... Um, exercises. Do you yeah. want to leave that to sure, later? Sure, yeah, no, we can talk now? about it now for sure. So um, one of the things that I think that we do a little bit different is we actually have two um, 
stay exercises, if you will, stay out, I'll just use that term because that's sort of the common term that most people use. Um, one that we use for a little bit more formality, for more emotional control, for more rules that we would teach with a dog when they're very young, just to teach them about you know, having good emotional control, that type of thing. And then we also teach them another exercise that we call weight. And essentially, it's like a temporary stay. And the purpose is uh, for it to have two different um, exercises is to teach the dog that in one scenario, we're always going to return back to their side. And that when we tell them to stay, we really mean it. So we really want them to hold that position. And we would use that in really important scenarios where we absolutely don't want them to move no matter what. Um, it's not necessarily a convenient exercise because you would return back to your side, to your, your dog's dog side, side, but it's yeah. that's not really the point of it. The point is to teach rules and structure and, and things like that. Where the weight, which is what we're going to talk to you about today, is something that we use literally every single day with our dogs to help control them in scenarios where we want to you know keep them safe or keep us safe or we just want them to use a bit of emotional control but it's almost like a, a little freeze command where we just say wait in whatever position they're in they'll just stop and hold that position yeah. until we give a release command and the release command we use is okay and when we say that the dog's allowed oops sorry the dog's allowed to um <laughs> to just apologize to the pop filter uh, well, how canadian of her <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> Sorry, I really I'll get don't you a double double. I, I said that, but um, <laughs> they <laughs> they had to have to hold position until we say wait, and then they can move from there. And 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 we're gonna go over all the scenarios in which that we use it. But it is incredibly helpful, especially if you have a dog, young dog that's excitable, that um, you know is energetic, yeah. um, or if you live in a busy area and you need to keep your dog under a bit more control. Um, there's just all kinds of uses uh, that you can that you can utilize it for, and we'll talk about that today. Yeah, and it's just so versatile like I'm thinking right away of uh, you know going to some competitions and maybe you need your dog to wait you open the door or open the crate door and you need your dog to remain there because yep. maybe it's a busy congested area I'm yep. sure lots of people you know drive somewhere to take their dog for a hike or something the last thing you'd want is to open the door and have your dog bolt away I literally just before coming on the live stream I just had yes. my dogs out in the our backyard there and um, I wanted them to stay in the backyard and I was opening the gate to come out front and I just said wait and I opened the gate and all the dogs stood there waiting for me to close the door behind me and I thought and we're about to talk about that and that was one of the most easy examples to use for how you know awesome the command is I don't have dogs barging out of yeah. the backyard and onto the driveway or down the road they just kind of hang out there and, and they wait because I've asked them to for sure and uh we did touch on uh we did touch a little bit on the difference between stay and wait and, and we know how you, you might be using right now your stay for everything. Maybe you're asking your dog to stay when you're at their side. Maybe you're asking your dog to stay just to remain in position. But this is, so the, the big difference is that the stay is uh, the only time your dog can move out of that position is when you're at their side. The weight is can be from anywhere. So I want you to think about that. Like what situations are you using at home? Maybe you're using the stay now that you can start using the stay for. Because literally, I use it multiple times a day. Uh, for example, quick one, you know, people, uh, you're walking through a doorway, you ask your dog to sit and then wait, and then you can open the door. Maybe you have your hands full and you allow mm -hmm. your dog through the door. There's, there's a similar, there's a similar way to train both exercises. Mm -hmm. And if this is your first time on the train station, we'll chat for a bit. We'll maybe do some demonstrations 
and then we'll sit down and we'll chat a little bit more about it. So that's a great time to, to, to ask your questions. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to start at the very beginning. So maybe for our puppy owners in the train station today, maybe we can talk a little, like show them maybe how to uh, teach their puppy to wait up, not barge out of their crate. Yeah, absolutely. That would be maybe a good skill. Yep. And also what maybe at the same time, we can talk about wait for your food because this is a great natural training opportunity. And this is less about teaching a, a, you know, a specific weight command. Formal. But, yeah, formal. more formal. But this is an, a great opportunity opportunity to build a little bit of leadership but get your puppy to think you, you know problem solve a little bit yeah one of the things that we like to do especially with young puppies is um sort of the idea of, of a rule out and if you've never heard that term before essentially what you're doing is you're having your dog offer to do something that you want in order for you to give them something that they want so to give you an example with the crate door which i'll show you in a moment most dogs when you open the door they want to barge out of the the crate and get out and do stuff and have fun and what we would love for them to do is come out and be calm so we could more easily hook their leash on or get control of them so we teach our dogs to wait when we open the door so even if the door is open the dog will stay behind the the crate threshold until we release them and um, what we'll basically do when the dog comes out is we'll shut the door or as they attempt to come out we'll shut the door not allowing them to do so and then open the door again and basically it's sort of a problem solving game for the dog and the dog basically is in charge of their own fate all I'm going to do is is reward the dog by letting them out of the crate by doing something that they want I think it's much easier to show you than it is to explain yeah to and you know it, we often talk about the McCann method and the McCann method we it's all about choice letting your dog mm. choose some, one thing or another then we if they make the wrong choice we show them what the right one is and if they make the right choice we we can acknowledge it for them but you guys know if you've been here before you know what a big fan i am of tooting and uh with that said it's time to head on over to the train station give me some lights baby We've even got the light on. Oh, look at that. That's a really nice light. It's new. Yeah. Um, Okay. Now, for the sake of the demonstration, um, I'm actually not going to say the word wait because she knows the word wait. So I'm just going to sort of show you what you would do if you were training this. So I have some treats here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to open the door and I'm going to anticipate that when I open the door, Beeline, who's a little cute freckle-faced little border collie puppy in here, when I open the door, she's probably going to try and come out right away. So if she does that, I'm only going to open the door a little bit because if she tries to come out without me telling her that she's allowed to, I'm simply going to shut the door uh, back on her again. And then I'm going to open it up. And I'm just going to repeat that process until she stops trying to barge under the crate. And when she chooses to do that, I'm going to reward her. So I do have some treats in my hand here. I'm going to go ahead and open the door. Oops. So she tried to barge out right away, so I just closed the door. Yes, good girl. I'm going to try that again. Yes, well done. Good girl. Yes, good girl. Now, we have played this game before, so I only had to shut the door on her once, and she went, oh, right, I remember this game. When you try this with your dog for the first time, don't be uh, surprised if you have to open open and shut the door many times before they understand that. That's certainly not a problem they will understand. Now what I'm going to do is tell her, okay, yay, good girl, and I can let her come out. So I'm going to try that again in your kennel. Good girl. I'm going to close the door and see what happens. Yes, good girl, and I can reward her. Now that she's doing the exercise quite well, I can start to put a command on it. So I'm going to close the door again. As I open the door, I'm going to tell her wait. 
And then if she does, I'm going to yes and reward her. If she barges out and she does not wait, I'm simply going to shut the door. Again, I'm not mean or nasty or yelling. I'm just being very calm and assertive about what I'm doing and clear about what my expectation is. Wait. Yes, good wait, little bee. Wait. Oh, you're so smart. Good wait. Now, once I've accomplished this step, the next thing that I want to be able to do is see if I can attach her leash to her collar. Wait, that she is not wearing. Hold on. Hold that thought. We'll have to go back. Oh, look at Here's, that wait, though. Wait, good, good wait. Girl. You could add some distance, of course. I'm going to reward her for that. That was really good. So I'm just going to slip her collar on. Good girl. Good wait. Yes. And then if you have a dog that's a little bit unruly, I might let her come out. Okay. Sit. Oops. Sit. Yay. Good sit. And I'm going to give her a job to do right away, and that's going to prevent her from jumping all over me when she comes out. That was such a good girl. So that's one of the exercises that you can do in terms of using the crate. Now I'm going to show you what you can use uh, when it comes to using food. Uh, can we use this food in my hand, or can we use a food bowl? Or um, I can grab a food bowl, maybe. Um, so, you can also start to teach the dogs the weight um, using a bit of food as a distraction. So again, all I'm going to do here is work on teaching her to maintain position uh, when I have food as a distraction. So I'm going to ask her to sit. Good girl. And I'm going to drop a couple treats in this bowl here. She heard that. Now, in order to make sure I have control, here be sit. Good girl. I'm going to keep the leash on, but I'm not going to pull it tight. I'm going to keep the leash loose, and I'm simply going to tell her wait, and I'm going to place the bowl down in front of her. Now, not directly in front, because that would be too challenging to begin, but I'm going to put it a little bit further away. Wait. Yes. Good wait. Now, I can take some of the food, and I can reward her in position. Good wait. Yes. Now, if she didn't wait, I can stop her with the leash, since I have the leash in my hand, and I would pick the bowl up out of the way. So she got up, I would, whoops, I would bring her back with the leash, sit, good girl, loosen my leash, wait, yes, and then place the bowl down. The significance of a loose leash is that I do not want to hold my dog in position because she's not doing any of the thinking, if that's the case. My leash is loose, she has a choice to either stay or go. Good girl. I should say wait or go. Now I'm going to make it a bit more challenging for her. I'm going to wiggle the bowl. Wait. Good wait. You're awfully stretchy there Missy Moo. Yes. Good girl. Now she just did a good job of pulling her head away so I'm going to reward her for that. That was very good girl. Good wait. And then I can start to introduce a release command. So when I'm ready I'm going to tell her the word which I cannot spell because then I would be saying the word. <laughs> And then I'm going to let her have the food. Ready? Okay. Yay! <laughs> Good girl! And then I can have let her have a little snack from there. Good girl. So why, why don't we also go yes. briefly over the beginning of uh, the weight in the standing position. Yeah, sure. Really straightforward. Okay, so that is just a way to show the dog just through trial and error. I think you might have to move the um, camera up a little bit, huh? I did. Okay, you see, I think my head might be yeah. cut off. Oh, you can see. Beautiful. Excellent. Okay, I'm just going to attach my bait bag here since I'm going to be working with her at my side. It's going to give me a little bit more ease of getting my treats out. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with B at my left-hand side. Get in, B. Get in. Sit. Good girl. Now, once she's sitting at my side, actually, let's turn this way so that they can see more easily. Get in. Sit. 
you're so good. I'm going to make sure that when she's sitting, her leash is loose. Again, I don't want to be holding and forcing her to sit in position. I need to just work on getting her to sit at my side first. Now, I would have trained, before we teach the weight command with our own dogs, um, we teach them to sit at our side and just hold position at our side first. So once your dog is sitting at the side, you can reward. If your dog was to get up at a position, you would simply shorten up on your leash and just place them back into that sit at your left-hand side and then loosen up once again. Once she's able to maintain the sit while I'm beside her, my next step would be seeing if I could move out in front of her. So I'm going to give the command wait I'm going to give a clear hand signal so she knows what cue she's looking for, but I'm not just for the first time going to say wait and then just walk away and hope to see what happens. We want to build everything new that we teach our dog on success, so I'm going to make it incredibly easy for her when I first begin this exercise. I'm going to tell her wait, and our hand signal is just a wave past their nose to so think wait, wave, okay, which is different from stay, okay, wait. I'm simply gonna pivot right in front of her weight. Good girl. If she's able to hold that weight, yes, good girl, good weight. Yes, good weight, good. Okay, yay, good girl. And then I can say, okay, when I'm ready, okay, let's try that again, get in here. Oh, she's very sneezy, get in. Oh my goodness, that's a big sneeze, babe. Good sit, weight, good weight, good girl, good weight. Yes, good. I'm going to reward her in front. Wait. Good girl. Yes. Okay. Yay. And then I can release her from there. Now, believe it or not, most people when they're training, they want to add distance before they do anything else. And we actually do the opposite. I want to be able to fix my dog back into position if she makes a mistake within one second. I'm not sure we mentioned this at the beginning of the live stream, but dogs have a one second learning time frame. So if she was holding the weight and I was at a distance and she got up and it took me five or six or 10 seconds to get her back into position, there's going to be a disconnect for my dog. She's not going to understand that I wanted her to actually stay in that position. I need to have her sitting again within one second of her getting up. So rather than adding distance, I would actually add distraction before I I, I move away from her so I might add some distractions this time wait so command and signal wait I'm gonna stay in front of her wait yes good girl I might see if I can clap my hands and most dogs when they're first learning will jump up because that's super fun and if that happened I would just say sit and I would place her into that sitting position good sit wait wait Yes, good girl. Each little distraction that I do, I would reward her for that. Very good. And finally, when I'm ready for her to get up, I'm going to very clearly tell her, ready? Okay, yay, good girl. And then I can release and reward from there. But it's really important she learns that I get to start and end the exercise by giving her clear information. That so, was a good girl. Uh, Mary Williams has a good question. She says, because of the distractions of other dogs and people at class, despite Bodie being so fast to do exactly uh, what I asked to get the treat, as soon as she gets the treat, she gets out of position. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty common one. Um, so when that happens, what, if you go to feed your dog and you haven't actually got the food to the dog's nose and your dog gets up like Beeline just did, I wouldn't actually feed that. I would, oops, put my food away and then I would place her back, okay? If it's the opposite problem, if you were able to feed your dog and as soon as you fed, your dog gets up, you need to do multiple rewards. So rather than having one piece of food in your hand, I'm going to have two or three in my hand and I'm going to do this. Yes, feed, yes, feed, yes, Feed, good girl, okay. And I'm gonna release before my dog has a chance to move. I'll show you that again, sit, good girl. 
weight. I can show you from in front. I have several pieces of food. Yes, good girl, yes. Good, yes, good girl. Okay, yay. So I'm releasing before she has a chance to move. And the reason why the food is so rapid is because I'm trying to teach her that once you get a piece of food, pay attention because another one could be coming quickly. Um, another thing that I see a lot in classes when I'm watching people try to train this is how they reward the food is also important weight. And this may or may not be part of your issue as well. If you're feeding and you're rewarding your dog out of position, like some dogs will stand up and they get a piece of food or people are moving their hands all over the place. Like, look how much she's moving based on where I hold my hand. So when I practice this, okay, settle down now. Yes. See how I reward with her head and everything in position? Yes. She's looking up at me? Yes. So she doesn't have to feel the need to leave the sit to get her treat. I'm making sure that I'm close enough that my food is coming towards her. Very good girl. Okay. And then I can release from there. So hopefully a couple of those things will help me. Tons of great questions in here. So let's head back on over okay. for a minute. Also, Kale, Kale's dropping bombs, knowledge bombs in the train <laughs> station. Uh, I'm tooting and you're dropping bombs. I just realized how much well, fun that is. So I feel like that's an interesting choice. I know. <laughs> I know exactly. But we'll go with it. <laughs> so really, some really good questions here. Now, a couple of things I wanted to point out very quickly um, is look, we got, look who this is watching the train station tonight. No, My buddy Dante from Brazil. I miss you. Hey, buddy. So um, Aww, that's some great. really good questions. Now's your chance uh, to ask your dog training question about your weight, uh, about your weight, and sometimes about your stay might be a, an appropriate question as well. I like this one from Patricia Denston. Hello, well, my I had a friend laughing at me for doing jumping jacks and dancing around uh, my dog. I wouldn't laugh at you. I would give you a high five. That's I awesome. I like that one. <laughs> you got to be creative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. What other good weight ones do we have oh, i think maybe this one so rising bravely says we saw you teach weight in another video and started it this week i've seen big growth in her self-control across the board super oh, wow. impressed and thankful for this tool yeah it really doesn't take long and, and the steps aren't that hard so if you just sort of pick away at it a little bit you, the dogs start to figure it out really quickly and then all of a sudden you think gosh this is a useful thing i can use it in this scenario in this scenario so that's Awesome. Good yeah. job. Christina Ramsey uh, says, I've been working on sit down. My puppy sits right in front of me. How do I teach her to stand by my side? I'm thinking ahead for when we start training. And I think our moderator man was on that. Mm -hmm. Teach your dog to sit at your side. So that was really good. Yeah, I think she went stand at her side though. So Melinda has a, an interesting question. and it's maybe, basically the same thing. Maybe this is related to the weight, but she asks, do you ever train an engagement command uh, on a command, especially for dog sports like agility, for example, saying ready to cue engagement and then all done after sequence of behaviors? So funny. I was literally talking to somebody about this today. It's so weird. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, we use lots of engagement commands to, to motivate the dog and get them ready to work and we don't even use them in agility we use it in our basic obedience training as well to get the dogs excited especially if it's like um, for maybe a slower exercise where the dogs can get a little bit distracted or like okay we're doing this again kind of thing um, so we will use like ready set I probably should be careful about saying that I know beelines ears just perked Getting up very excited um, so we will definitely teach that 
uh, just to build a bit of excitement. And we'll often use that before, you know, ready, set, and then we'll give them a bunch of rewards or ready, set, and then we'll have a little game of tug or we'll do restraint recalls just to teach them to amp up when we give them those keywords. Um, as far as the all done goes, I typically don't really do that with my dogs. I have a release command, which is the word okay, which you've heard me use um, before that. Um, but um, yeah, but having a ready command is a wonderful tool to have for any um, energy level of dog. Even if you have a high-minded dog, it's still great to use um, for anything. Yeah. Even, not even agility. I like this question from KDC. Do you always train weight with a command or do you make some situations a choice for the dog? Like when the front door is open, do you always say wait or ex uh, is it expected that the, your dog doesn't go out? And I think this actually uh, speaks a little bit to the crate exercise yeah. that we did. Our expectation is that the dog's not going to burst out of their crate, but it's nice to have some redundancy, especially if there's a super, it's a young dog or if there's a really stimulating environment, it's a nice to have a little redundancy there so that, uh, you know, if I, uh, so let's say I open the crate door and uh, shoot I forgot my my leash is in the front seat and I've got to go around to the front seat to get my leash I'm gonna ask my dog to wait just as a, a, a sort of a reinforcer and a little bit extra uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for extra assuredness extra yeah an extra cue for that dog to remain in position so that it's um it really helps them to understand and i'm being very clear with my expectations i think we should actually talk a little bit i don't think that clarity. it's unreasonable though to insist that your dog like learn to do things independently so um you know for example right when I showed that crate demonstration a few moments ago, I didn't even need to say wait with her. I opened the door, I shut the door a few times, and she went, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to barge out, and I didn't even have to say anything. Um, you know, Beeline is also, so ever since a baby puppy, we have several levels in our house. Our house is the three-story house, so... Um, we don't allow her to go up to the story above with without our permission or without us going with her. And uh, since a baby puppy, we would have her go and wait at the bottom of the stairs. And then when one of us was ready, we'd tell her, okay, and then she could run up. And um, since she's been doing it so long, she will literally just go and stand at the bottom of the stairs. I don't even need to see anything. And then she'll wait for us to release. And it's even got to the point where sometimes... I'm distracted and I'll go to walk up the stairs and I think, why is she coming with me? And she's standing and waiting at the bottom of the steps being like, mom, like you forgot to release me. Right. And then I'll say, okay. And I never even had to say it. So they can learn to do it independently. But when they're learning, we try to give them um, as much help as we can. Yeah. I like Jacqueline's point. I always have my dog sit and wait before we go outside because we always have rabbits in the yard. To do yeah. the rabbit check first. Yeah. It gives you an opportunity to go out there and make Fabulous. sure that you don't have a... <laughs> Uh, uh, squished rabbit when you finally get to catch up with your dog. Um, what other questions did I see? I've seen some really good ones. Um, <laughs> Shandy. I like that. Yeah. I, let's show Shandy's question. <laughs> Heidi's ears perked up hearing Kale's ready. That's often for <laughs> Kale's agility students. Those young dogs can know when they hear that sound. So Jennifer Langley says, how young can I expect a puppy to start to give you a weight and for how long? Um, we will start teaching our dogs a, a weight command as early as 10 weeks old. Um, we don't really insist that the dogs wait for a really long period of time. Right. It might be like five or 10 seconds and that would be with us nearby and, you know, coaching them with our voice.
toys and rewarding them often and then we would build from there but um, weight is absolutely an exercise that you can start uh, early on in your training just be smart about the duration and, and how difficult you make it based on what you think your dog's ready for because they're all different yeah and one thing that you really need to keep in mind any skill that you're training and weight is a really uh, good one to use this example but uh, you, you need to think about the three D's there's duration distance and distraction so mm -hmm. you need to be really aware of all three of those things so when you're training your young puppy or whatever young dog in training you want to challenge them on one of those aspects mm. at a time you're going to increase the challenge maybe you're going to stay out in front for a little bit longer this time maybe you're going to move a little closer but you're going to add a distraction to make it uh you know a little more stimulating and maybe they you know they get they'll get excited and move out of position but you're only going to challenge them with one of those d's at a time you're going to increase that challenge so that's a, a you know, with especially with a young dog i would keep it short and sweet and if you're going to make things more difficult it's probably in your best interest to maybe add a little leash wiggle or, or you know, something that's easy for you to fix if your puppy makes a mistake. Yeah, and I think you should consider your dog's confidence level as well. You know, if your dog's really confident, they might be able to catch on to this more quickly and also consider where are you practicing. You know, I wouldn't maybe go to the park with like a bunch of kids running around and practice yeah. my weight for the first time. We typically like to practice, you know, in a quieter environment where it's really easy for the dog to do it well and then from there build in more distractions or change the environment more gradually so that we're not like overwhelming the dog by doing something completely different. You know, this brings up an interesting point and something that I've, I've had conversations about uh, is, you know, the idea that, oh, the alpha always walks through the door first and, uh, you know, you need to be, walk through the door first every single time. These are sort of old myths, but it's, they still exist and it's, you know, people still talk about them mm -hmm. quite a lot, but it just sort of sprung in my mind that the idea of asking your dog to sit and wait is giving them a job, you know, and then you're allowing them the reward of going through that passageway. So, you know, it's not just because you're being an alpha, it's because your puppies, your young dog's learning that they, uh, you know, give you some effort and then you give them something great. It's a really great way it's to build drive. taking control and showing your dog that, you know, that it is, it's not so much about being the alpha, it's about teaching your dog that they need to listen to you. And, you know, you're in charge and you call the shots, but this is just, it's an easy non-confrontational way to teach your dog that if you do this, then I'll let you do that. Yeah. And um, puppies are so smart, they can, and dogs of any age, you don't have to do this with a baby puppy, you can do it with a dog of any age, but they, they really do figure it out very quickly. It was so valuable for me with the, the, the adult lab that I had to teach her the weight. Like that mm. was such a helpful skill. Yes. Uh, and I, anybody, any lab owners out there, let, let me know in the chat if you're a lab owner, because those labs are so rough and tumble and they love to uh, run up and down the stairs and they love to go get your ball and run back excited. Yeah. Like they just love that sort of thing. So I had to be really careful if I were going downstairs or upstairs. I'd have to, I, once I taught Deegan how to wait, then I could safely, you know, with uh, Tim Horton's double doubles in my hand, I could go up the stairs and then I could allow her to, to, to follow me. Up. I just like saying it that way. I don't even know why. <laughs> then it could allow her to go up. But um, and giving her that responsibility Get, or giving her a bit of a challenge is uh, is always good. You know, teaching your dog to work for you and that they'll get something in return. In real life, rewards are are really important. I know. Um my oldest dog, Funky Monkey, she used to just jump at the door all the time to go outside. It used to bother me because she kept her muddy paws on the door. And so we just worked on, you know, if she sat, then I would open the door. And it, it 
it worked very quickly. She would race to the door 100 miles an hour, but then she would sit and look at me because she knew the only way I was going to open that door is if she was sitting and she wanted to go outside so badly that that was essentially her reward for giving me something that I wanted. Yeah, I like Patricia. I have two boxers. It's close enough to a lab. <laughs> um, I would agree with that. Yeah, so... I think we need to talk about rewarding, how you're rewarding your dog and some things that can go horribly awry when you're teaching the weight mm -hmm. uh, because there are some mistakes, super common mistakes that you might make at home and we've, we've seen them uh, that really un almost untrain the skill. So Kale mentioned really This quickly. happens all the time in agility. Yeah, okay, this is, yeah, let's talk about that specifically. <laughs> People say, oh, my start line, I don't have a start line. Right. And I can, I can tell them within 30 seconds why they don't have a start line usually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing that you have to remember is that dogs are masters at, at reading body language. So if you are working your weight command and most of the time that you're practicing your weight command, um, and this isn't Ooh, relative. I haven't. Let's try something fun here. What? So if you were to um, give a release a few times uh, out here without a beeline, um, but you sort of blurred what the cue was, we'll see if these guys can figure out what that release becomes. I don't understand. So, you do it with me as your okay. dog. Okay. Apparently, we're doing a demo. Yeah, we're heading. I have on, no idea what he's about to do. We're heading on over to the train station. <laughs> so, if you guys, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to be my dog. You can probably sit over there. But oh. if you guys have uh, your dog in a start line, or you're training your dog in a wide open area, and each and every time you're going to release him, you say, "Okay, okay, okay." Okay, what do you think that release is going to become for your dog? What's the first indication to them that it's, it's release time? It's going to be this, right? Your dog is very quickly going to learn that the moment that your hand comes off your leg, same thing happens with the recall. Yeah. You know, people will often say, come, and the dog only learns to recall on this. When people mm -hmm. stand up and call come, the dog doesn't have that same cue. And here's the challenge with your recall when you start to blur those cues is that your dog, if they're running the other way, they won't see this. So your dog won't see this, they will see this hand raise and that'll be the first thing they, re they release on. And that also, and this is speaking to that agility. Uh, yeah, this happens bit. in agility all the time because people will leave their dog in a start line and they'll lead out onto their agility course and then they'll say, okay, and they'll bring their hand up as if to cue the, the first obstacle and then what happens, or another thing that I see is they will walk out and they'll turn and look back at the dog and they'll say, okay, at the same time. And so what happens is the owners can't go out and look at their dog because if they do, the dog just you know, starts the course without them. So it's really important that you prove those types of things by going out and putting your hand in the air. Yes, good weight and going back and rewarding the dog or going out, looking at your dog, looking away, looking back and then rewarding your dog so that they understand that the release isn't necessarily about something that you physically do with your body. It's about what you're doing with your mouth. It's your voice so that you have a little bit more freedom in what you do with your body in order to um, have them wait. So I want to be able to tell my dog to wait and I do want to be able to open my crate door in my van and be able to get something out of my bag and have my dog hold position without me having to stand like right in their face with a hand signal. I want my dog to understand that there's a bit of responsibility on their part to do the exercise independent of what I happen to be doing until I use my release. Uh, that was an accidental activation of the uh, mm. switchback cue, but drop the knowledge here ow, ow, ow. in the train station. Just squished my finger between the seats. Uh oh, you all right? Yep. 
So uh, let's check on some of these, some of the questions in the queue. Oh, I like this one from Kathy Lee. It's a little bit weight related, and this could be something that we uh, that would lend to that. What about focus? My border collie tends to lose focus after about ten minutes of training. Are smaller sessions better? Yeah, short sessions are definitely better than um, than longer sessions. Or you know, in your um, sessions of training don't do the same exercise for super long. You know, in 10 minutes, you could easily practice two or three exercises, you know, switching it up uh, for your dog. Um, and then eventually you wanna lengthen those those time frames that your dog could listen to you for more than 10 minutes. You know, we wanna take our, our dog for more than a 10 minute walk or yeah. there's lots of times where we need our dogs to learn to listen a lot more than that but um you know when you're training something new it is is definitely a good idea to keep the uh, training sessions short and sweet for sure uh so melinda miller says my agility instructor encouraged me to pair an arm drop with my start line release she said it's good in case the arena is loud why is it a bad thing to have a physical cue as well um <laughs> i disagree with your instructor unfortunately um you don't want to have a physical cue paired with your verbal cue when it comes to agility training specifically because all of the physical cues that we do, you just can't be perfect with, with it all the time. If you go to rotate for a front cross or you do anything and it looks remotely close to what, you know, what you're doing at your start line, your dog could be um, self-releasing. Um, you really do want to have the dog, the dog respond to a verbal command for this for agility specifically. Um, I also see a lot of people who have issues with start lines also have issues with contacts as well. Right. Their contacts, uh, dogs holding until being released also goes away. So, um, you know, test your dog so that you can lift your arm up, you can lift your arm down, you can wave them all around, you can do all kinds of things, and your dog learns to hold position until you release with the word okay. I have been doing agility for well over 30 years in probably more arenas than most people on this planet, and I've never felt it was too loud for my dog to hear me say okay. Yeah, I think that's really important mm -hmm. to think about. Also, I mean, we've been in some humongous spaces, yeah. like huge world uh, uh, championships. Yeah. Where there's like dogs barking and everything. Yeah. But it, you know, it um, springs to my mind is that your dog is you're focused playing with on, fire if you do well your your dog is folk your dog is focused on you when you lead out mm -hmm. there's no question uh, they know what yeah what that release is going to be so uh y y that's just it's just not a concern and there's mm -hmm. um there's so many runs it's so i feel so bad for people when they don't have a solid start line and they get out halfway and then the dog j takes off challenging it, oh yeah it's, it's hard to catch up at that yeah. point um talking about rewarding for the weight um, and frequency of reward. Yes. I think we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think people get really excited about the fact that they can release out of a weight. So what often happens is the ratio to releasing the dog out of position often is much greater than the ratio of, or going back to reward the dog in position. And basically I chalk it up to whatever the dog, you know, needs more. So if you have a really busy dog that is, it's difficult for them to hold position, it's difficult for them to be calm. I would be going back and rewarding that dog way more often than I would be releasing them out of position. If I had a dog that lacked speed or motivation or confidence, then I would do the opposite. I wouldn't make them wait right. for ages. I would make wait, make them wait for a short period of time, and then I would release them out of it to take the pressure off a little bit. So you do have to do what's right for the dog. Um, the other thing that's really important when you're rewarding them on a weight is how you reward. So and I did sort of demonstrate that earlier when I was showing you with B at the beginning of the, of the train station. Um, 
but I rewarded her in a way that she didn't have to lean forward to get the food from me. She didn't have to, to get up out of position. I went right up close to her and I rewarded her in a way that she could maintain the position that I was working on. I was working on a sit for that particular one. And I rewarded her with her attention up towards me. So I held the food in a way that she didn't feel that the food was magically falling out of the sky into her mouth. Right. She knew that rewards were coming from me for holding that position. So placement of food and uh, ratio of food is also... Um, is also really important. Yeah, really mix it up. And, and if you're thinking, okay, I, my dog is uh, pretty confident, so I'm going to reward them twice, and then on the third time, I'm going to release them every time. It's amazing how quickly your dog's going to figure that out. They're going to figure out that, oh, I've sat for two. This is the one where he releases me. So mm-hmm. really really be self-aware, because these are the, st- the little things. That I just want to give a special here. shout out to Farmer FPV. I know. Who happens to say, you don't even look 30 I years saw old. That. I saw that, yeah. Thank you. That's very Ken nice. Ken and I often have little contests to see yeah, who gets who carded at the uh, LCBO and for those of you who don't live in Ontario that's our liquor store and um, I'm 36 but the reason why uh, I said 30 years is my first agility competition was when I was six years old mm-hmm. so I can get away with saying time. 30 years yes. <laughs> oh. I didn't really know what I was doing back then this though. one's just for Daryl who's joining us here again oh what's up Daryl Welcome back, Daryl. Uh, and SD Cruiser as well. Everybody's just calling out the toot toots. Nice. And I'm, I'm here to toot for you. <laughs> let's see as what long as this is the only happening. time you toot, that's good. Um, let's see here. What's a good question to add? That's good. This one. Okay. So uh, Julie says, I have a one-year a one-year-old chocolate lab. She uh, She's my first dog, and I didn't realize how important a release word is. I, yeah, I love this. Cool. How do you implement a release word at this point? Julie, it's like Julie read our training plan. Yeah. Let's talk about the release word, the value of it for all exercises. Yeah, so the value of the release command on, on all the exercises, and specifically the weight command, is that my dog needs to understand how long she should be doing the exercise for. What we don't want the dog to do is do the exercise for as long as they feel like it and then just sort of walk away and do their own thing. Um, you know, Teaching them to sit, for example, it's not very convenient for me to tell my dog to sit, have them sit for a couple seconds, and then they just sort of walk away, and then I have to tell them to sit again. We want sort of that longevity to be built into that particular um, exercise. So to provide clarity for the dog, we want to clearly state when the exercise begins and clearly state when the exercise is finished. So we use the release command. We say, okay. Some people say, all done. Other people say, break. The word, it really doesn't matter, but it's something that makes sense to you and that you can be consistent using at all times so that your dog understands to continue doing that exercise until they hear the word. Uh, I'm going to post a a comment in a second, but um, I I might as well do it right now. You're being ridiculous. I agree. Dan the man supporting me. With that said, though. Have a bromance. Jennifer said, you don't look 36 at all. Very, you guys are being very nice. (laughs) Too nice here. Um, The importance of that. Our heads are going to get big. Imagine, (laughs) imagine, I hope we're going to have to get a camera that with a wide wide angle lens. Um, Think about all the skills that you work on with your dog and how important that release word is. If you want longevity, if you want your dog to understand that they have a job to do until you release them, uh, 
this is how you get those reliable sits and stays. This is how you get those reliable downs. Mm -hmm. It's how you get that reliable recall so that your dog doesn't zoom in and then take off again. Yeah, we say that all of the time. People have a great recall. The dog comes in and they're just about to get a hold of the dog to hook the leash on and boom, the dog takes off again. So yeah. that's not very convenient. The other thing that's really important about having a release command is that it allows you to be in control so that your dog understands that you know, you're the one that is dictating what's happening. If they get to decide how long they have to do something and how long they have to listen to you, it kind of takes away from your importance and, and your control over the dog. So again, the exercises that we want to do, want we want to establish leadership over the dog. We want to establish control so that they learn to be a good listener. But there's lots of ways that you can do that without having this huge like disciplinary thing with your dog. It can be simple as having rules and set expectations and making your dog follow them, following through when they're not listening and, and taking a dog and you know simply placing them back into a sit when you haven't released them that is like eye-opening for some dogs to be like oh wait i'm supposed to wait for you to tell me and then all of a sudden it's like you have this big aura of control that flies out of your head and they right. think oh my goodness i have to listen to this person because they you know they're making me follow these rules and that can immensely change your relationship with your dog and all kinds of issues in you and your dog's life can get better simply from teaching a weight command. I know right. that sounds crazy, but it's the, it's the truth. Tens of thousands of dogs, nearly 100,000 dogs, uh, are uh, sort of a testament to that point of view, to From that perspective. School, yeah. Chipping away, yeah. We've trained more than 90,000 dogs. We're quickly approaching 100K. That's pretty neat. That's actually, super cool. We're, we're getting really close to 100K on the YouTube channel, too. Maybe we can have a really double cool. 100K party. That would be really neat. <laughs> um, but these, as you chip away at these little things, as your dog gets these skills, uh, you know, these tiny little wins along the way, I will tell you because I've witnessed it, Personally, I've witnessed it as as a student long before I was a dog trainer, seeing how these little wins along the way were so uh, beneficial to my dog's understanding and how the little impacts like having a solid weight, having a solid down, how it helped my uh, jumping up, how it helped my loose leash walking, like mm -hmm. the little things are so, so helpful. Um, now I saw, what was this question here? I wanted to toss one of these questions in. I just want you to add uh, this one to the queue. Okay, we can answer right now even. This one? Uh, this one? Nope, this one. Okay. Yep. Francisco says, how do you balance qu uh, quantity of food you give your puppy with the treats you give them? Less food if you give them some mm -hmm. treats. I like this. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to be doing a lot of training with your dog, you definitely want to cut back on the amount of food, meal food that you're giving your dog because um, definitely can cause your dog to cause weight. And it also can decrease your dog's drive for food. We actually just put a video out on Monday literally about how to work on building your dog's drive for working for food, even if they're not really into it. So that would be a good one to to watch um but what you can do is take you know give them a little bit of their meal and then you know use your your treats on top of that or what we often like to do is put their meal down take whatever we don't give them in their meal and we put it in a little ziploc bag and we might add some tasty treats on top of that add some cheese or some hot dogs or um whatever, whatever it might be that's a little bit more exciting than their kibble. And then we'll keep that on us and we'll use that to reward our dogs for things all throughout the morning. We'll take it on our walks. We'll work our recalls in the backyard or while I'm waiting for my tea to brew, I might work some look at me's or some sits and downs. And that's the food that we'll use to reinforce our dog throughout the day. And, you know, we don't use food forever in our training. We use it in the initial stages, but 
in the beginning, we use it a lot because it's one of the most valuable resources to get your dog listening and learning that working for you is a lot of fun. Once you've established that and some basic skills, then you can start to wean off of the food as, as time goes on. I like this. Uh, Patricia Denston. I use bounce as a release word. When I first started training dogs, a trainer said to be careful of common words. She said, imagine your dog sitting while you are chatting and your friend says, okay. So this speaks to a couple of points though. You'll see really quickly, Patricia, that the more you're working with your dog, the more inflection, how, how your inflection changes things. Yes. So if I if Beeline were in a sit and I said, uh, yeah, okay, I think that's a good idea. She's not going to move. It's mm-hmm. when I give her that very intentional, okay, it, the, the, the way she hears it, uh, not just that, how much your dog pays attention to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if Kale and I were having a conversation, she asks Beeline to sit and I'm chatting away like I always do, just yap, 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 yap. And... Uh, <laughs> And I say, okay, Beeline's not going to get out of that sit because Kale has asked her to sit. Yeah, there's certainly nothing wrong with using a different oh, command. You absolutely not. can of do that. Um, one thing that I think is so cool is when I'm when I'm teaching, you know, in a room of people and I have my dog with me, there's lots of times where I'm actually addressing the class and I'll be saying the exact same words. I'll be saying, okay, I'll be saying, sit down. And my dogs will just sort of sit beside me and wait. And then I'll turn and I'll look at them and I'll say the command and boom, they listen. So dogs are absolutely brilliant at being able to figure out, you know, who's saying what to who. You know, if you're in the park and a whole bunch of dogs are running around and you say come, you're not necessarily going to get every dog in the in the park to come. Even with our own dogs, our dogs running around, if I say, you know, be come, yeah. only be will come. Yep. None of the other dogs will, will respond. So they're so smart. Yeah, they really are. So uh, I can tell, you, you know what, a lot of uh, agility handlers will use break. Yep. Yeah. So using a different word is absolutely yep. okay, but don't uh, feel like you have to avoid common words. Now, if you were using this, this sort of bridges a little bit, if you're using something like no for as a disciplinary mm-hmm. marker, then uh, I would avoid common words for something like that because yeah, it's more of a disciplinary yeah, negative thing. It's such a negative thing that I would just avoid. I wouldn't want that, uh, that um, the dog ever thinking that they were wrong when they weren't. But um, this is, I wanted to talk about this really quickly because I love, oh, I missed it. Let me get this question in here somewhere. I've lost it now. Um, A question about this one. So Katie says, I use yes to mark the behavior and then I use a release word break. Is that all right? So let's show, mm-hmm. uh, head on over to the train station and show like how we're going to work through little bits of distractions. As we- yeah, and I will say that like for our training, yes, um, in, in the way that we train things, and I don't know if everybody else in the world does this, but yes to our dogs is not the release command. It means that what you're doing right now is right. Keep on doing it. And then we have a release command to come after that. So we don't actually want our dogs to move at a position or stop what they're doing um, if it happens to be something that's in motion while we say the word yes. We actually want them to dig in and, and do it even more. Um, and then we'll use our release command from that. Yep. Good. Okay, let's talk about how you can add a little bit of distraction into your training and how to maintain good timing. Uh, I think Katie has uh, moved us right. Great transition. Speaking of segues... Let's head on over to the train station. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> Just go um, show a distraction and, and Mark, you don't need to help? Uh, it doesn't matter. I can do it. Whoa. Okay, I think somebody is excited about this tuck tuck. Okay, so I'm making her a little crazy about this toy right now because I'm actually going to work on a bit of a weight command with it in a moment. Oh, she's got it. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to work a little bit on her impulse control here. Good girl. Okay, out. Good girl. Out. Good. Sit. Good. Wait. 
So again, I have the leash on so I have control and I can redirect her if I need to, but I'm not going to use it unless I absolutely have to. So I'm not saying wait and holding her back because she's not waiting at all. She's just letting me do all the work. My leash stays loose, wait, wait, good girl, good, wait, yes. Good, yes, good. So again, I'm saying yes, but she's not moving. She's Yes means to her, I'm doing the right thing. When I'm first starting, I could even yes, and I could reward when I say the word yes. Good girl, good, wait, yes, good. Ready, set, okay, yay! And then I could use that okay command, and then we can have a little game of tug from there. Good girl. Maybe I can make it a little bit harder this time. Ho, 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 okay, out. Out, good. Now, if your dog retrieves, out, get back, sit. If your dog retrieves, you could do things like fake throw it out, wait. Yes, wait. Yes, good girl. Wait. Yes, very good, wait. Good, wait. Good, wait. Ready, set, good, wait. Okay, yay, good girl. You can see how clear I'm making the release and that I'm making a lot of fun. I want her to think that if she holds that weight, really good things are going to happen. Good girl. Now, if she were to make a mistake yes. as you're at a distance, how do you maintain out. that same good timing? Out, good girl. Now, if she <laughs> be out and sit. Oh, she likes this game. So if I practice and I threw the toy out and I said wait and she said, I'm not waiting, I'm going for the toy. I would first use my voice to pinpoint her error and for her, I would use something like, like oops or at something that sort of says, no, you can't do that. So she uh, started to go, I would say oops or at and then I would take her right back to where she was, sit, good girl. And I would just place her into that sitting position, good, wait. And then I would go right back to praising her for that good position. Again, timing is crucial. I said before that you need to reward within one second of them doing something correct. You also need to place them back within one second or at least say something about their mistakes. A lot of people, the dog gets up and then they say nothing and they just pull the dog back. And the poor dog goes, well, what part of that was incorrect? So I need to be clear um, clear as mud, as, I, as, as they say. Ready, set, good, wait. Good girl, and you can really challenge your dog by getting them excited. I'm using that ready, set I mentioned earlier in the live stream. I didn't realize I was doing it. I obviously use it a lot. Ready, get set. <gasps> Oranges, good girl. Oklahoma, oh, sit, I'm really making it hard. Oklahoma, yes, okay, yay! So you can play little games too where you test them by saying different words and then you can release them on your, your actual word when you want to. That was a good girl, yeah, good, yes. Bring it on back from the train station. Now, uh, now's a great time to ask your question if you are, still have a uh, question about the weight or about the state. Now would be a great time to ask it. We, uh, I've seen a couple good questions come through here that aren't specifically weight related, um, but I think there's a couple good things in here that I want to touch on before we actually go to our caller. If you haven't given us a call yet on the Anchor app, uh, we're going to answer somebody's voice question here in just a minute with our McCann Dogs call-in show. Seems fun to say that. It'd be, I think you and I would probably have a fun call-in show. I think so too. You know, I do enjoy tooting the train whistle, and I think the train whistle con is con conveys just as well over only audio as it does through video and audio. Could this dog be any cuter? She's awfully cute. Um, 
Melinda Miller has a question. She says, any tips for staying in a hotel room for the first time with a dog? My dog is usually great and quiet in the crate, but in a crate, I'll have to leave her in the room for multiple hours to go to a wedding. Hmm. So, Melinda, I mean, it's going to depend on how long you're going to be gone for. Has your puppy had uh, an opportunity to stay in her, her crate? In a new place by themselves? Because yeah. I know my dogs are very quiet in the crate when they're at home, but I don't necessarily know if... Um, a, like a new dog that I wasn't sure would be as good in a new place on their own. If I'm B B B B, just settle. If I'm um, staying in a hotel with my dogs and we have to go out for whatever reason, number one, we always leave them in a crate because the last thing you want is for them to do something in the room and then you yeah. get in trouble for that. Regardless of whether your dog's perfect at home or not, dogs are always different in a room. Or what if they're sick and they throw up on the carpet or you just you never know. Um, so we keep them in a crate. Or multiple crates if we're traveling with multiple dogs. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that we'll often do is we will... Um, okay. I thought wow. we could snuggle, but you're being far too irritating. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that we'll do is we'll leave the TV on or we'll leave like some type of background noise on just so that if you have a dog, they be, can be a bit spooky with people walking by. Yeah. It just sort of drowns out any of the background noise. And then we'll leave them with something that... Um, that can occupy them, whether it's a, you know, a stuffed Kong or like a one of their favorite bones or whatever it might be. But I would probably test out leaving them in maybe a different place that they're not used to in the crate uh, for a little while just to, to make sure that, you know, they're not going to be barking and screaming the whole time that you're gone. Yep. Um, Angela, I don't think we answered this. My pup does fine with waiting for her food and getting out of her crate, but the front door is challenging. And some people do like specific perimeter training or, yep. or threshold training, and that can be a really valuable thing. You're basically marking the moment that your dog makes a good choice to not go darting through the door, but you need to make sure that you're... Oh, look at Beeline. You guys see Beeline. Yeah, I don't to, think you, she's you, on the camera. You've got to make sure that you're not uh, allowing them to be self-rewarded by running through that door. By So have your leash in your hand. You can see Beeline behind us. She's, she's attacking the thing yeah she's got like a four foot long yeah. bee, bee thing um the other thing you can do for the front door stuff is um you can attach a leash and then stand on the leash with your foot so that when you open the door if the dog starts to barge out they'll basically just self-correct by on the leash uh and then you can practice opening the door shutting the door without having to hold the dog back with your hand on the leash um and most dogs will figure out very quickly if they just sort of back off and wait then you can calmly praise them you could even reward them at that point uh, but that's a, a good little trick for the front door as well. Kevin says, my five-month-old Australian Shepherd gets too excited and distracted outside. What's a good way to calm him down? Well, number one, Kevin, make sure you're using a long line or you at least uh, have some control of your dog leash. when they do get really stimulated. Maybe that's a leash. Yeah, for sure. And try to find a distance. So maybe uh, going out, outside in your backyard. I mean, outside is very different. Outside in your backyard, outside at the park, outside, uh, you know, in a public space are all very different things. So try to become... Uh, be conscious of where outside is and work uh, with that threshold. If you find your dog gets super stimulated once you go out onto in the front yard, but not so much in the backyard, maybe the backyard is a great place to work on some of your listening skills, some of your response to name, work on some of those control exercises, and then take that to a more distracting environment. And I will tell you, things like the weight, things like the state, those stationary exercises where you have 100% control and it's really specific black and white information for your dog, those exercises are exactly what you want to be doing with a dog who's really stimulated by an environment because it really gets them to focus on you. 
it also with your rewarding it also gives you an opportunity to reward them to show them that uh, you know I know there's lots of interesting things going on but if you just remain in position I'm gonna keep feeding you or I'm gonna keep engaging with you or I'm gonna keep petting you whatever the uh, you know high-value stuff is for your dog so you know really take advantage of that kind of thing yeah, I think it's important to make sure that before you put your dog, you know, take the show on the road, if you will, that you have a few skills on the dog before you're making things really difficult. I mean, your puppy's only five months old, so that's not very old, probably doesn't have a lot of reliable skills yet, just being such a, a baby puppy. So uh, work on that first um, before adding more excitement. For sure. I just want to pop uh, Katie C's comment up. Dan, do you have a Dan Luton, do you have a video offhand to help build toy drive for the toy? B has so much enthusiasm and I want to build that into my young dog. She is. We do, we do we do have a couple of videos um, uh, teaching all about toy drive on the channel. Mm-hmm. I think Dan's probably got to drop the link there. One thing would be uh, really focusing on tug, whether it's fetch. I know someone had a question about fetch in there, but whether it's fetch or uh, whatever. Uh, you, a tug is a great way to build a relationship with your dog. It's also a great way to exercise a little bit of control because the foundation of that is that they have to have a good out. I think the type of the toy that you use is important as well. Yep. You know, making sure that the dog truly finds the toy exciting. A lot of people just get like the token like rope toys. And I know tons of dogs don't like rope toys. Yeah, but it's like right. the token dog yeah. toy. So you got to use things that your dog uh, really likes. Um, the toy I was using, let's put it over there. It actually, um, B will tug on any toy, but we actually got it for another one of our dogs that isn't as toy motivated. And it's a, a pouch that you put food inside of that has a bungee on it. So when I opened it up, the dog can eat the food inside. So and she loves food. So she's associated food with the with the tug toy to get a little bit more exciting. Another trick that really works well is to put the toy on a rope or a string or a leash and to whip it around on the ground and get the dog to chase after it because it really ignites their their toy drive and uh, you can build a lot more value for the toy yeah if you're familiar with the term flirt pole it's the same kind of thing mm -hmm. really getting get, getting your dog excited about the motion the other thing people do and i don't know whether you mentioned this because i'm sort of doing stuff but hold the toy in the dog's face no, i didn't mention that you, you didn't mention no. that yes one thing that people often will do and i guess i'm not sure why we do it but people will hold the toy right in the dog's face and like, oh, you want this thing? And, and the, the dog's, dog's like, like oh, <laughs> no, I don't want that thing. Stop shoving that in yeah, my face. Uh, really activate, look at Beeline going for more She's toys. just going to the toy bin. She's like, this is awesome. Activate your dog's chase drive and their prey drive by animating that toy, keeping it low on the ground. Maybe you're holding it over their head or something and you're wiggling it away. Really find that thing that uh, you'll see your dog just snaps in and thinks, I need to get this toy, whatever mm -hmm. that thing might be. So really try to do your best to, uh, to keep it animated and keep it fun. Now, I see a couple of questions that have come in on our Anchor app. I, uh, I'd like to do these voice questions maybe a couple of times, or maybe this is what we do at the end of our shows. I'm not totally sure because I have to figure out how to make all of this work uh, each and every time. And although I like uh, the technical side of things. increasing the challenge, sometimes it can be tough. But if you have a question uh, for us for maybe the next episode, or maybe you, maybe this is somebody in the chat today is their question that we're going to talk about. But there's a link in the description below. Uh, you can go to our Anchor Podcast site and drop us a message. But for today, let's find out what the uh, Anchor voice message is. Make this work. Right. 
so we've had our nine-week-old cockapoo puppy for about a week and a half now, and I was wondering what you guys think is the best way to teach a puppy to be alone and to not develop separation anxiety. We've been experiencing a little bit of that um, when we leave her alone for even 10, 15 minutes. She cries really dramatically and doesn't seem to stop. So we'd love to get some tips on that. Okay. That's really common. So that's Mary. So what, what advice would you give to Mary with her? Um, well, there's a couple things. The good news is you haven't had the puppy for very long. So the fact that you're even acknowledging this to be a potential issue already, you're already ahead of the game. So that's that's yeah. fabulous. Yep. Um, when you have a dog that you're just starting to expose to crate training this early, which is exactly what you should do, which is fabulous, um, it's important that your dog is spending uh, quite a bit of time in the crate in in situations where you're not just leaving them or going into another room necessarily or going to sleep because if you have a dog that's a bit sensitive or insecure they sometimes will say well you put me in that thing and then you disappear and, and I don't like that um, so making sure that you're also doing a bit of crate training where the dogs right in the same room with you but yep. they're in the crate and they're settling yeah the other thing that you need to remember is that you're not accidentally encouraging the behavior by a letting the puppy out which unfortunately a lot of people do because they feel bad for the dog and then they say oh it's okay and then they let the puppy out and the dog yeah. goes ha ha uh, i know gotcha. how to get out of this crate um or sometimes people will say it's okay shh, it's okay and they'll speak to the puppy in a very calming and smooth um smoothing smoothing, soothing <laughs> soothing voice which sort of gives the dogs a bit messages that would be the same thing as me saying good dog good for whining good for making noise so i need to make sure that my response to the puppy is reflective to what i want the dog to be doing so i might um if the dog is, is making noise in the crate, I might tell them quiet or I might, you know, bang the top of the crate a little bit just to sort of interrupt them. Interrupt them. And mm. then when they're quiet, yes, good quiet. Yeah. I would then use my calm, soothing praise because that's a great thing to do with your puppy, but it needs to be at a very specific time. And after a few moments go by where the dog's quiet and settled, I would then even let the puppy out for a few moments before, before putting them back in again. In addition to that, I would also spend a lot of time building value for the crate. So all of the meals would be in the crate um, just to teach them that this is your place this is your bedroom this is your area where you can go and and feel safe and sleep and be comfy and and all of these great things um, it, it, we really uh, think that crate training is is an absolutely invaluable thing yeah to, to train your dogs to do for safety for control um, to be able to give your training accelerates when oh, you use absolutely. a crate for so. sure yeah and that is one of the biggest things i f i find and something people often ask me is uh, and actually a student asked me that that, that this this week uh, they asked <laughs> how much time should my dog be in their crate and I talked to her, uh, the, the family, about focusing on quality of time, not yeah. the quantity of time. So if you, um, you know, it wouldn't be fair to leave your dog in their crate 23 hours of the day and then let them out to hang out in the kitchen for one. Mm. But when we have a young puppy in the home, they stay in their crate a lot. Yeah. But every time they come out of their crate, we're doing something with them. We're working on exercises. We're snuggling, cuddling. We're, you know, playing tug or playing with a toy, doing something with them. Mm -hmm. So I really want you to focus on that Tiring quality them out of time. Yeah. So when they go in their crate, they're like, oh, I get to nap. This is wonderful. They're ready to, to sleep by the time they get back into their crate. Yeah, so. and Dan just dropped a link in the um, in the chat there. Basically, we have a, a 
a whole list of crate videos for you know a whole bunch of of different issues or problems or training techniques so you can check out that link he said all of our crate videos you can see that Amazing. as well yeah thanks dan Dan, the moderator man so uh thank you guys i don't know if any there any more questions had just come in but um i, I think this will be something that we like to i'd like to answer your questions and i'd love to uh you know hear what questions you have for us if you have a question you can send us a link uh, send us a voice message through anchor i put a link in the description below i need to thank our moderator Dan the man, just lighten up the chat, making sure everything, <laughs> everybody's got, uh, you know, the help that they need. And uh, we, we, we really appreciate all his hard work and the adorable opening when we went to the live can. Oh, I love that. With the I love beeline sign. That was just the cutest, cutest thing. I want to thank all you guys for joining us here today. Now, if you feel like you got some value, then uh, if you'd like, you can grab a McCann Dogs Team Tea. I'm not really sure how long these ones will be out. We put I put a time limit on that training uh, bag, the Fur Family for the Wind mm -hmm. training bag. But um, I like, I think, I dig these teas. I think they're really cool. So yeah, if you want to awesome. be part of the train station team, uh, get one uh, uh, for yourself in the link in the description below. Now, if this is your first time on the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We publish new videos every single week to help you to have a well-behaved, four-legged family member. And I love these train stations. I love hanging out with you. I love all the great <laughs> questions. Uh, and I love when I get to toot multiple times in a row. Look at, look at the cutie behind us. Here in the train station. We'll go to camp two. <laughs> oh, she's, oh, she's going up. Did you hear a whistle? Come here, baby. Hop up. I want to thank you guys for oh, joining us gosh. here today. Things are going crazy. <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you soon. On that note, I'm Ken. I'm Kale. Happy training. Bye See for ya. now.